Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Late Night Vision Show, episode 72. This is going to be a jam-packed one. We've got a lot to talk about. If you're a deer hunter, this is the show for you. But before we get into all that, I want to bring in Mr. Jason Robertson, the owner of Outdoor Legacy Gear. Thank you for gracing us with your appearance on the show today. Uh, I know you got a bunch of hogs running around, but you took the time to come out and talk to us. So appreciate it, man. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I just have one question. Is oh, this gosh. episode 72 or 71? Uh, 72. Is yeah, it? Yeah, 72. Yeah, that's my, what your notes say. 72, uh, so. <laughs> well, my printer my printer wasn't printing, so I had to handwrite. I wrote 71. Oh, so you said yeah. you said 71. I was like, huh, is that right? Okay, 72. Did hey, I say you 71? Know, you said 72. I thought it was 71. Yeah, I don't know. 72. I think if we get to 100, we just quit counting them anymore. Exactly. You know, that's just, a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, no, hey, man. It's, uh, what's going on with you? You know, um been well really what we're going to get into the show today about deer hunting and thermal and getting ready for deer hunting because we know that's you're seeing a lot of pictures on social media on instagram facebook of all these uh jason you see them with pallet fulls of deer corn going out to their uh all their leases and getting the feeders filled up and we're getting a lot of phone call from people that are new into thermal that all of a sudden realize they have a hog problem and they need to get get them taken care of. And this is a big time of year for, for that and uh, for the thermal industry. It definitely is. You know, I was uh, at Academy, which for those outside of the South may not know Academy, just a big sporting goods store we have down here. Mm-hmm. I was over there, uh, actually didn't even go in. <laughs> I was meeting somebody in their parking lot. Loitering. Uh, in, loitering, loitering in their parking <laughs> lot. There's one about 30 minutes from me. And I was in there the other day, it was on Friday, and sure enough, man, two guys pulled up in trucks with trailers. They had lawnmowers, rangers, and box stands, deer stands on trailers, and I'm like, I know what those guys are doing. Sure enough, they came out of there with all kinds of supplies and corn, and so everybody, at least in Texas and a lot of the South, is loading up and getting ready for deer season it's still hot but yeah it is and we're going to get into that kind of talk with thermal and and how you can use in the application of using thermal integrated into your deer hunting techniques and strategies and all that kind of fun stuff but before we get to that uh jason i don't know if you saw in the news i sent you an article but you read about half of everything i send and that's a smart thing for for it, you it is, it's, it is true so i don't but, know where uh, this is going but <laughs> we get a lot of phone calls from people up north a bunch of coyote hunters that call uh-huh. and say man i see y'all out there hog hunting all the time and that just looks like fun and and uh i wish i could do that and first of all you think well be careful what you wish for that's right that's <laughs> but exactly it look right. yeah it looks like there's a a fox uh, news article, uh, it looks like some people up north are going to may get their wish. And it's from an unlikely place. You would think that the hogs would be migrating from the south up north, but it looks like the hogs are coming from Canada down south and they've spotted some on the border around Montana. So I did see this yeah. article. I don't know if you sent it to me or what. I, I didn't, yeah. I scanned it. It was pretty short, but I have a question because again, I, it's been a couple of days since I saw this, but Am I not mistaken? Didn't the story say that there were like eight hogs or something in this <laughs> a giant sound, a small group? sounder of hogs that uh, spotted on the border around Montana? Yeah, I don't know if it said the number, but um, 
I imagine everybody in, in that surrounding area is running out there with their thermals and their guns. <laughs> this is the, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, it, we're being invaded from Canada and it's hogs. And hogs. Uh, yeah. my advice is, yeah, if you're up there uh, on the border, go into this siege now. Do not yeah. let them, do yeah. not let them come in from the north. We'll be in big trouble. Right. So yeah, they, they, the article described the hogs as, uh, Rototillers, basically destroying the land, which, you know, anybody that's seen any hog damage or been around hogs at all know that that's completely accurate. I mean, it is uh, one of the most destructive forces. And it said, the article went on to say that if you could design uh, a, a one of the most destructive, invasive species of animals, the hog is pretty much the ideal culprit, uh, you know, in that discussion, because it is so destructive. Um, I don't wish hogs on any state, uh, you know, where they're at, not at right now, uh, any place up north. But I just thought that that was ironic that they weren't, they wouldn't be migrating south to north um, uh, like they, you know, uh, a, a lot of spread has been. But actually coming down from Canada, I thought that was kind of kind of funny. So I, we do have. I only disagree do, with one thing. I do wish hogs on some places, and it's all these big liberal cities who think we don't need AR-15s. Uh, Washington, wow. D.C. specifically, I think we should transplant a few thousand in there to the White House front lawn and, you know, the well, Pentagon, and, and maybe uh, maybe they'll change their mind on some of these gun rights issues. Well, it's funny you bring that up, because uh, if you've watched the recent uh, Democrat, uh, what do they have, debate? D debate. Ba yeah. No, uh, yeah. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, um, his government name is Robert Francis O'Rourke, but saying that uh, he's actually, that heck yes, uh, in the more, I guess, derogatory way, said that he's coming after your AR-15s and AK-47s. And, you know, that has lit a fire on so social media right now because of, of what he said. And uh, there's a lot of um, backlash really on both sides, uh, surprisingly, the backlash being from Obviously, if you're on the right, you know that, hey, this is more fuel to the fire of the gun debate. And, and you know, they're pretty much uh, definitely coming after our suspicions are true. Uh, but a lot of, of hand-wringing from the left. And the reason why the hand-wringing from the left is because basically Beto O'Rourke um, played his card or showed his cards. is telling everybody exactly what all the Democrats want to do, uh, but don't say it because they're trying to trying to hide uh, a lot of that in sure. policies and stuff. So it has lit, and you've probably seen all the Beto O'Rourke memes going, going, and there are some really, guys, whoever comes up with these memes, I'm not smart enough to do it, but there are some pretty funny ones floating around all right, right he, now. He's no question that Beto is the number one AR, AR-15 salesman for the month of September. That's it for is. sure. I and saw that, I got an email today from Palmetto State Armory, and they now have a uh, no Beto AR-15 customized lower receiver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was, was waiting for a, a an AR-15 named after Beto or something. Oh, yeah, but, it's, it's great. You it's know, the great. suspicions, we, we all know what the end game is, the end, and it's not doesn't just stop with AR-15s. Um, no. You know, it, it, it's, it is a step-by-step -step incremental process on the um, – uh, you know, on the on the gun lobby to get rid of guns completely, and it, it's a like I said, step by step process. AR-15s right now and AK-47s are the culprits, um, but it it never stops there. Um, well, and, you know. I, yeah, we can talk about this forever. I just want to say one thing real quick. I I saw 
online a a guy who is actually very well spoken, seems somewhat educated, but not about guns. And he was a Democrat, and he wrote this comment uh, to something related to this Beto stuff. And he said, no one needs these weapons of war that were made for the battlefield. He said, like the 5.56 AR-15 that is capable of accurate shooting two miles and still penetrating five foot of solid concrete. I'm just going to tell you yeah. something. I've shot a lot of hogs with, <laughs> with AR-15 5.56 uh, with some really good rounds, and I am just not getting five foot of concrete penetration, So no. especially yeah. at two miles. So I you don't know, know what, what exactly he's talking about, but I don't have uh, access to, to that one. Maybe it's yeah. a ghost gun or something. I'm not sure. So. I've shot a lot of hogs with a two two three, and you, you sometimes can't even find the entrance or exit wound on them. You know, well, but it's it's, it's magic. You know, it's, but, it's, you know, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. As you know, he had to look up the the actual size of the caliber before oh, he wrote yeah. it. He, 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 he read that somewhere. It was he didn't even know what it meant. So, but anyway. I'm sure. Uh, stay tuned. Coming up on the late night vision show from here until you know November of of uh, of this year. I'm sure. Well, we'll, yeah, we're going to be having more political talk because it is, man, if it ramps up any more than it already has, it's going to get uh, crazy. It is going to get absolutely stupid uh, coming in this this year. Let's but, quit talking about it. I'm tired exactly. of it. I'm getting so, depressed uh, already. I know. So, all right. Thank you all for joining us this week. We are talking, if you looked at the title of the podcast on YouTube uh, or on iTunes or Google Play, we are talking about thermal hunting uh, related to all you deer hunters out there. And it is that time of year. And I'm glad we've got um, probably one of the most famous deer hunters that I know uh, on the show right now. No, we don't have a special guest. We have Jason Robertson, a lifelong <laughs> deer hunter, um, oh, taker boy. of many uh, Nacogdoches bucks, right? Nacogdoches County and uh, a lot of northwest Oklahoma deer uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. used to do a bunch of hunting up there, and, and that's where my biggest bucks have come from. But... Uh, I tell you what, folks, we've got a few things we want to bring up about deer hunting uh, and uh, bringing in night vision and specifically thermal. We're going to talk a little bit about night vision as well, but uh, we're going to kind of go through a few points of how this can help you. And this is something that is just barely starting to catch on. And there is a lot of deer hunters uh, or there are a lot of deer hunters who you know, maybe they're in areas where they don't have hogs uh, and they just have, or even if they do, they just have no clue the advantages and the benefits that thermal can be for them. Now, I know as a guy who owns a night vision and and thermal company, this is a very self-serving podcast Mm -hmm. and telling people all about the products they can go buy. But I'm, I am a deer hunter, a lifelong deer hunter, and uh, I come from a long line of hunters. And I'm going to tell you something uh, and I mean, I'll be talking about this more in some of my experience. This is, in my opinion, the greatest tool that a deer hunter can have at this point. I mean, besides his rifle, I don't think there's anything more important to have than thermal. And I think in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see it revolutionize deer hunting and the capabilities and, and what you're going to be able to do in the field. And so we're just going to kind of jump in. I, one, the first point that I want to make, and I know this is obvious and you're going to be like, if this is all we came here for, we can stop, <laughs> but I promise it gets better, it but gets ob- better. it does. It does. But we, we, this is the obvious thing we do have to talk about because 
I was on the phone today. Hans and I were talking about this uh, show this morning. We were kind of coming up with an outline. The phone rang. I said, hey, man, I got to go. It's Outdoor Legacy Call. I answer it, and the guy says, uh, "I am." he's probably going to listen to this because I told him we were going to talk about it. He goes, I'm from Kentucky. I'm up in the mountains. And he said, I'm a deer hunter. We don't have hogs. He said, I don't really hunt coyotes, maybe every once in a while. He said, but I want to use thermal for deer hunting. And I'm like, man, have we got a show coming up for you. So yeah. the most obvious thing that the guys down here in Texas and a lot of the South this time of year, I've been talking to buddies. They've been sending me pictures, been seeing them on Facebook. They've got their feeders going. And what do they have? They have hogs. They don't have deer or they don't have as many deer as they want, but they got hogs. You turn on a feeder down here, uh, spinning corn out, and the hogs are going to come running, yeah. and they will absolutely uh, run the deer off, and they will eat every kernel of corn, and you can train them to a feeder uh, just like in your wildest dreams that you could train a big buck to come in there. Those hogs <laughs> will be waiting long before oh, that big yeah. buck is. I mean, they yep. they are smart. And so... Again, this is the obvious point, but going out and killing hogs to keep your corn bill down and to get the deer back in there. Yeah, so a lot of people, deer hunters, will say, you know, man, um, you know, I don't, I don't see a bunch of hogs, but usually around, you know, October or November, <laughs> that's really when they really start hitting really hard. And you, you don't want to say it to them, but you're thinking, well... That's because when that's when you really start putting out corn. <laughs> exactly and, right. And, yeah, and, I always see them from from October to January. Well, when uh, do you put out corn? October to January. <laughs> yeah. So when you start putting out that corn, so what I I we've got um, several properties that we lease out to deer hunters, and I always make fun of them because I I call them prima donnas because <laughs> they're the the eccentric hunters, but. Um, you know, we, uh, we have to go and clear out a lot of hogs. Now we hog hunt on our properties all year long. Um, but we really try to get in there before and, and get it cleaned out of hogs and any other type of, you know, coyotes or raccoons that are tearing up feeders. But, um, the, I've got a couple of properties right now where they've hit it really hard. And the guys have, have asked us to go in there and, and do a lot of prep hunting, but they put up feeders, they put up nice feeders, nice deer stands. And I mean, it looks like somebody went in there and just tilled the, you know, several acres up deep, some of the deepest ruts that I've ever seen and big hogs come in there. Um, and you know, that's, uh, Jason's, you're absolutely right. You know, hogs running off deer, uh, is a big problem and a big concern because, um, you know, you, when you hunt at night and you see the deer's reaction, whenever there's a hog around, um, the first thing a deer is going to do, if there's a hog anywhere close, they're running and they're running to get away as fast as they can. And, uh, you know, getting in there, doing that prep work, using the thermal, um, you know, and there's a lot of different thermals, uh, you know, you don't have to have an $8,000 thermal to go in there and just to clean out hogs. Um, but you going out there and doing that, um, you know, a couple months in advance, a month in advance to make sure that you get those hogs out of there. Uh, and even during deer season, if you've got to, deer, I mean, if you yeah, just if you got can, to, I mean, it's like, yeah. what are your options? Not see any deer or go out there and shoot at night. I know a lot of guys and I understand it. They don't want to go out and shoot during deer season. Like, I don't want to be banging around. Well, I get yeah. it. And I, I mean, I'm the same exact way. I try to ease in, ease out, but it's like, once you get hogs in there, you better do something or you're just not going to see any deer either way. Yeah. I think you and I had a debate last deer season about this. Does hunting hogs scare off deer? And, you know, 
Yeah, we did, <laughs> but uh, we had a we had a topic about it, but uh, or not a full show, but we did we did discuss. Yeah, we it, talked but, about it. Um, you know, there's that's a big debate. Uh, you know, hunting at night is that going to scare off deer? And and it depends on who you talk to, but um, definitely hogs are going to run off the deer and using the thermals to get in there, clean them out, get them taken care of. And we do that a lot this time of year, getting those hogs taken care of uh, and shooting as many as we can. And, and not well, just helping with the land management, but also well, deer management. Yeah, one more thing I'll say on that, too, is if, if this is all you want to do, if you're a deer hunter and you say, man, uh, you, you don't even care about the next points that we're going to make and we're going to tell you why you need a thermal. But if you say, I just need to kill some hogs and, and I don't have two or $3,000 to go buy a scope, that's where I would still say something like uh, one of the, like just for the site marker Wraith as an example, the Wraith mm-hmm. HD. 499 bucks you're going to be able to go out there and kill hogs uh easily uh, 100 200 yards and that is a very reasonable option now you're not going to get all the benefits of thermal we're going to talk about in the next couple points but it is a very affordable way to get rid of hogs and you know it's it is an option for the guys who say man I, i hear what you're saying but thermal's not in my budget well the good thing is is we've got you know night vision scopes digital night vision like the wraith they're they're cheaper than they ever have been and they're better than they ever have been so that's always another option absolutely so uh you know going in um getting rid of the hogs uh, definitely something that needs to be done and and should be done especially if you're anywhere down south but uh, another point jason i wanted to talk about and uh if you know anytime you're talking about deer hunting it's how do i get into the proper property and to my stand uh, quietly without making a bunch of ruckus. How do I get in and out? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the morning time when you're walking out in the stand before the sun comes up, uh, people have called me asking that question, you know, can you use thermal to walk around trails at night? And that's to me, uh, using, um, thermal as a, as a way, as a guiding, uh, source, you know, not only that, but spotting deer, uh, locating deer on the stands, locating deer after you, uh, uh, you, you know, if you find them to track them at night to see what, you know, they come out at night, you can see what size deer you have running around the property. We do that too. I take videos and pictures of deer at night and send them to the deer hunters to say, Hey, this is what I'm seeing around the properties. But really using, using that thermal as a spotter, as a, as a recorder to document what type of deer you have on the property. Yeah. I, I'm going to make a comment here and I'm going to, I'm going to shock a lot of, of deer hunters. And a lot of them are just going to probably, you know, spew their coffee or their Coke mm-hmm. all over their screen when they hear this. But I can tell you, and I, I, I know it's hard to believe. I wouldn't have said this several years ago. But at this point today, uh, if, if I'm ready to go hunting and I've got my, my rifle over my shoulder and I'm packing light. And let's say that, you know, I'm not going to carry my whole bag. Maybe I'm just going out for a short sit. I don't have room to carry my thermal for which I'm, I'm talking about daylight hunting guys all right and i'm not talking about a scope i'm just talking about using something as a thermal handheld mm-hmm. if i have my option to carry that or my zeiss binoculars my binoculars are staying at the house 100 percent of the time here's the thing people don't understand a lot of times that you can use thermal during the daylight it does not hurt them at mm-hmm. all and if i'm sitting on the stand this is a, a real life example if I take a pair of binoculars and I'm hunting my place and I'm, you know, I normally hunt, uh, it, it depends. I mean, we, we may hunt uh, back in the woods down a log road on a log set and, you know, small opening. We may plant that as a food plot, have a corn feeder. 
whether I'm hunting there or whether I'm hunting out in my big pasture on the edge of the woods, maybe in a box blind or mm. a, a tree stand, looking over, you know, a, a bunch of acres, four, five, six hundred yards. I can take my binoculars and you know what this is like. You've got to scan every inch and you're looking mm. at, at, you know, the whole tree line under the trees way over there. And the later it gets, everything looks like a buck. I mean, here's, there's a deer. <laughs> I see that stump. Yeah. It's a deer. Is that limp? But seriously, it takes a lot of looking and, and you mm. know, any deer hunter knows a deer can stand dead still in tall grass or in the brush and you can't see them with a yeah. thermal. I can, I can make a scan from 180 degrees or more. And in, in the time it takes me to go all the way from the left, all the way to the right, I can tell you 100% without a shadow of a doubt, if there's a deer there or not within five or 600 yards easily. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. So, um, just, and let's talk about this a little bit, just so people know, because I think there's been some questions a lot of people uh, don't know that are new to thermal. Um, when when deer and buck are out of velvet, um, it is, depending on the thermal scope you have, it is difficult to see antlers. Yes. Um, so just so you know that if they're in velvet, you can see them very well. If they're out of velvet, uh, depending on how close you are, how, how good of a scope you have, um, it may be difficult to see. Uh, you know, how yeah, big you, the rack is. A- absolutely. So when they're hard horned, there's no blood flow. And those, the, the antlers basically uh, equalize with the ambient temperature of the air. Mm-hmm. So there's no real, not real heat there to show mm-hmm. up. And so, yeah, they just kind of disappear on you. Now you get yep. a bucket 30, 40, 50, 60 yards. Again, depending on how good your optic is, you mm-hmm. might be able to see that rack. But e- even... Even high-end thermals, uh, you get out there and hard-horned at 100, 150, 200, you're, you're probably not going to see it. A lot of times you can see that it's a buck by the way he's walking, by his right. body size, by you know everything about it, but you're probably not going to know. But here's my thing. When I'm talking about hunting during the daylight and using that thermal as a spotting device, I literally, like I said, I can scan that whole field and I can look. If I see something out there, you pick up the binoculars. If you don't Mm -hmm. have the binoculars, you pick up your scope. But now I know for a fact where to look and I don't have to question, is that a deer? It's a deer. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, or at least there's something. Maybe if you're hunting a place with cows, at least, you know, you can look over there and say, okay, we need to see what that is. Now, I'm going to give you a real life example of this. And there's a lot of guys that are, are probably going to hear this podcast. They're going to call me and I'm going to tell them the same story. And <laughs> they're going to have not heard <laughs> this story. But but I, I use it a lot. So perfect example of this. Last year, I'm going to try to make this story as short as possible. Uh, my little boy was, I guess, about four at the time. And he said, man, daddy, I want to go hunting. So one evening, you know, we run over here. It's it's getting kind of late. I don't have, you know, long, maybe an hour before day, or dark. I've got a, a big box blind that's perfect for us and it's in my pasture but it's about 20 yards from the woods from i got a big hardwood bottom that's that's ours and so i'm, I'm real close to that and the deer a lot of time does come out of there late in the evening feeding the pasture well we're going to try to kill a doe so we're sitting there and i've got my thermal and i'm looking into the woods the leaves are off so i can see with the thermal back into the woods, 50, 60 yards. With my naked eye, I can't see five yards back there. Right. Well, right. I see 
a line of deer and they're just kind of easing their way through the woods. I know it's obvious what they're going to be. It's deer, nothing else out there. And here they come. They got all the way up to right behind my barbed wire fence. And so I'm, I'm talking 30 yards. I pull out my binoculars and I can't see them. I pull out the thermal and there they are. And there's a, there's a doe standing there. Clearly, I know it's a doe. Go to the binoculars, can't see them. And I get this back and forth. My little boy's like, Daddy, what's going on? I'm like, there's some deer. He's like, I don't see them. Well, I promise yeah. they're there. Yeah. So it went to this far. I'm going, okay, this tree, this split, there she is. This fence post cannot see this deer with my binoculars. I'm, I'm talking 30, 35 yards. She's not there, but she is. And finally, she takes that last step forward and kind of sticks her head out of that brush. Now I can see her with my naked eye. Mm-hmm. And there, and let's be clear, there's four more deer behind her that I absolutely don't know exist with my binoculars or my naked eye. And the point I'm making is that could just as easily have been a great mm-hmm. big old buck. Yeah. You know, and so the spotting is unbelievable what you can do with these thermals. You will see deer. And I make this promise to anybody that's a deer hunter and buys one of these. And I have made this promise and guys call me back and go, no, you're right. You will absolutely see deer that you would have never seen before. Or you would have never, yeah, that's what I think I said that right. You'd have never seen them before without the thermal. And I'm going to tell one more quick story uh, about spotting here. So I've got a guy, lives down towards Houston. He's a podcast listener, so he may hear this story. But he was telling me how, you know, he, he bought a thermal scope from me. And he went hunting with, I think, his college-age daughter over Thanksgiving or Christmas. And they're hunting out there in a big cutover. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically, you know, rough brush where the, the, the pine trees or the hardwoods have all been cut off. And normally it's either planted back or it's going to naturally reseed and grow back. But it's rough. There's brush. There's tops everywhere. And it's it's a big place. And he said, you know, they're looking out there, uh, sitting in a big stand. And literally they spot a, a good buck out there at 150, 200 yards with that thermal right in front of them. That they w- was there, they had never seen it, and ended up. I think she shot it. I don't remember the whole story, but he was just he was just so excited telling me this story. He's like, "We see deer out there that are right in front of us in this cutover brush and these tops and limbs that we would never see before." He goes, "We don't know how many deer that we've been missing, uh, yeah. you know, w- without thermal." So anyway, that's spotting. It's a very big deal, but. I'm going to move on here to this last point, and this is the other big deal, and it goes right along with spotting, and that's Mm -hmm. tracking. Mm -hmm. And that is finding a dead or wounded deer. So to finish the story of me and my my four-year-old boy hunting last year, that doe comes on out. She goes under my barbed wire fence, and there she is at, at 25, 30 yards at this point, and I shoot her. Boom, she turns, goes under the fence, takes off. I mean, she's dead. I know mm. she's, she was dead the minute I hit her, but she's running on borrowed time. No mm. question. Well, we start getting down and, uh, you know, packing up and all the stuff. And it always seems this way. It seems like it's broad daylight when you shoot. Mm. 
But by the time you get to the bottom of that, that deer stand, it's getting dark. And <laughs> it's darker than you, mm-hmm. you didn't think it was going to be that dark. Well, I wanted to, to teach him some blood trailing you know, skills. I want to get over there, find the blood and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, we get down and I do the same thing that, that, you know, every deer hunter does. You, you got excited when you shot and you mm-hmm. knew basically where she was <laughs> and, or, yeah. and you'd go over there and like, Oh, was it right here? Was it right there? And you know, again, I wasn't worried. I knew she was dead. It was a doe. She was real close, but I couldn't find exactly where. So we couldn't find any blood. Mm-hmm. And by this time I got the flashlight and I'm like, this is not going to be a good lesson because I, I mean, we're mm-hmm. going to be here a long time. <laughs> so I take the thermal. I'm using a Pulsar Helion. I take it. I just turn it on, pull it up, do one quick scan, and I can see her laying over there 40 yards in the brush dead. Mm -hmm. So now I get to play like I am some kind of an Indian tracker with my (laughs) four-year-old. And he's, I was like, I think we need to go this way, you know, and I'm, and every once in a while I'm pulling that thermal up. Yep. She's right over there. And we got over there and he still tells a story about how I can track deer better than everybody else. And it's true because I got a Pulsar Helion, but anyway. You're you're picking the leaves off the ground and smelling them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he thinks I'm, thinks I'm the Lone Ranger. So, (laughs) but, but the point is, Again, I'm not I'm, I'm not throwing out the the importance and the art of being able to blood trail. And again, that's mm-hmm. very important. But how many deer uh, and any deer hunter knows this? How many deer have you shot? You blood trailed. You lost the blood trail. You done whatever, and you've wandered around out there. Finally, found the deer, and you've walked within five ten yards of this thing for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's there, you just can't see it laying over there. You know, if you don't catch the wide of the belly or something. Yeah. Yeah. So and, it's, and using yeah, a binocular to see through all that brush and, and whatever it is, the yep. thicket that you're trying to, I mean, you will be able to see uh, and find that deer um, so much better. And the possibility of not being able to find a deer that you could find with thermal and letting it, you know, yeah. letting it ruin, you know. Sure. Recovering it. And, and here's the thing. Um, I when I used to do a bunch of hunting uh, up in uh, northwest Oklahoma, we were hunting big deer. We were hunting in a lot of big open grass country, some brush stuff, some cottonwoods mm-hmm. and stuff along the rivers. But up there, uh, CRP and stuff, you could shoot a deer, that thing run off, fall over, and man, I mean, it could get. You could walk all around it in open ground, yeah. but it's yeah. just grass. It's a sea yeah. of grass, and so I sold a a thermal to a guy that, that lives up there uh, a couple years ago and he told me he said man he said there is no one that hunts big bucks up here he said that that shouldn't own one of these he said right. because we lose so many deer we hunt so hard he said now he said man all i got to do is just look around he said and, and he said if i get in a place where it's so flat and the grass is so tall that i you know i can't yeah. You know, I can't see through it because it's so thick. He said, I just find a tree. I find a deer stand. I find something to get up in, look mm-hmm. down there. And he said, man, I found deer that I would never find before. He's not He's not using it for coyote hunting. He's not using it for hog hunting. It's solely for deer. So anyway, I think it's a, a huge tool. I think it's just starting to catch on. Mm-hmm. And I'm serious about this. It is going to change deer hunting. And, and for the better, I know a lot of people say, oh, it's some unfair advantage. It's not. I mean, it, it's, no. I don't, I don't think by any means it's unfair. I'm not even talking about shooting with it because it's not ideal to shoot with thermal because like I said, you can't see the horns. Well, mm. uh, I'm not saying you can't do it, but 
I see you know no real benefit for that. And and I'm going to say one more thing about this. So so if you say, do I need a scope? Do I need a handheld? I would say make that decision on your own. If you have a reason that you could use the scope, you know, for coyote hunting or deer hunting or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just want to take it off and, and, you know, throw it in your bag and, and use it as a handheld, you can use it as a dual purpose like that. If you're in an area where maybe you, you know, can't hunt coyotes or hogs or, or at night or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just buy you a handheld if that's all you're going to yeah. use it for. But you could use, you know, either way. And uh, I know we're going to get this question because there's a lot of guys that are going to listen to this that don't know anything about night vision and thermal. And they're going to say, what kind of money are you talking about? Yeah. And I would say for a thermal handheld, the least expensive you're going to be looking at is going to be something like the Pulsar Core. Uh, I'm sorry, not Core. Uh, the Pulsar Axion XM30 Key. Uh, 1899 so 1900 bucks that's a dedicated uh, very small handheld monocular the size of a laser rangefinder obviously you can go all the way up you can go into the 2200 2500 dollar range if you really want better image quality in a handheld you can get up in the three to four thousand dollars same thing if you want to scope uh, you know I, I know our listeners that are that listen every week that they go well, we know this but again I know we have a lot of guys that, that are going to be new to this so if you're looking for a scope, same kind of deal. In my opinion, uh, an entry level would be something like the Pulsar Core RXQ30V, again, $1,899, and you can just go all the way up. But but $2,000 to $3,500 is going to get you a very nice scope, and obviously you can spend more if, if you need to or want to. Well, the, the, the Pulsar Axion, with the introduction of that line of thermal monoculars, the the attractiveness of the size of being mm-hmm. able to just throw that in a in a day bag or put even put it in your pocket, but but yeah we've you know we've talked about thermal um, you know f- lesser price we've we've talked to you and I've talked uh, about the L- LTO tracker, uh, but you know really to get a good quality thermal one that you're going to be happy with uh, that that entry level Pulsar Axion uh, Key XM30 at eighteen ninety nine is a is a good thermal. Yeah, uh, and, and, and there's three models to choose from too. So it goes from eighteen ninety nine to twenty one ninety nine for the regular XM thirty, and then uh, twenty four ninety nine for the uh, XM thirty eight. But there's different magnification levels. But you know y- that. Y- yeah, you brought up the the LTO, and so I know there's going to be guys ask that question immediately as deer hunters. Uh, I've sold the LTO before. I don't sell them anymore. Uh, generally, at least I don't stock them. I'll quickly i don't want to do a whole review on that but i'm going to say this if all you want to do is you want to to track and find a dead deer or Mm. a dead animal in the brush or the grass or whatever at close distances the lto is fine you can spend around a thousand bucks you can get one throw it in your pocket and they're just fine for tracking a deer they Mm. will not generally do what we're talking about here with spotting at longer ranges uh iding doing any of that they're not weapons mountable uh, but, but even if you just want this for spotting deer, I don't advise it. If you just want to track dead or wounded deer, uh, and I say track, I'm not literally talking about looking on the ground and finding the blood. I'm saying looking mm-hmm. and seeing that deer, you know, laid up in the brush, then, you know, yes, it will work. That's what it's for is tracking, mm-hmm. but it is not a, a multi-purpose unit at all. Uh, it is an extreme, in my opinion, extreme entry level uh, optic. So I, I just wouldn't advise it for, for mm-hmm. those sort of things. And, you know, I don't want to beat this dead horse, but I was just thinking about 
another instance of one time I was with my daughter two or three years ago, and we shot a doe. She ran off, and it was it was like early afternoon, but she ran off into some thick stuff. And I knew where she went in. I'd marked it well, you know, kind of visual. We pulled up there on the ranger. We went in there, couldn't find the blood, uh, finally found some, lost it in this thick brush, and we're walking up and down. Mm-hmm. So we're almost doing this grid pattern. And we walk, and, we, and I know this deer is dead. There's no mm-hmm. question. And uh, I just get so frustrated. It, you know, we're looking all over and my daughter's getting like oh man what happened and you know i'm like this deer's dead we gotta find her so i finally uh, i go back to the house i get the thermal and because this was kind of a deal where uh, an opportunity kill on this this doe Mm -hmm. i get the thermal i come back down there park the ranger again and i'm i'm kind of hard-headed so i really (laughs) wanted to find this deer so i I, before i even turn it on i look again and finally i turn the thing on i start looking and i can't find her and i kind of do a sweep back around and i realized that deer is laying under the brush five yards from our ranger she's laid up under a this you know green bush and what had happened is she went in and she kind of made a circle and just like she was going to come back out, I guess, and not a very big circle, just a quick little horseshoe. And she crashed underneath that bush in which mm-hmm. people, you know, if you hunt deer, you know, a lot of times when they fall, they're, you know, they're going into a spot, you know, kind of trying to hide. And right. she was in the perfect spot. And I had literally both times been parked right, I mean, beside her. And once you knew she's there, you could look in there. Oh, yeah, there she is. But we weren't even looking there. So anyway, there's another deer found that I don't know if we'd ever found that deer and we were that close to her. Yeah. So if you're interested in in, uh, learning more about this, if you want to learn more about the Pulsar Axions, uh, thermal monoculars or any other thermal monoculars, go check out OutdoorLegacyGear.com. If you are interested in purchasing Thermal or night vision scopes and optics, please give Jason a call at 877-350-1818. Jason, where do you want them? Any any other place to find you at? You you can find me on YouTube and Facebook, Instagram. But here's the thing, folks. This is what I want you to know. I understand if you're new to this, um, even if you're not. We've been throwing out a lot of names, a lot of scope Mm -hmm. numbers, a lot of stuff. It's very confusing. Give us a call. I mean, Hans gave that number. We will walk you through this. We can talk to you about all the different optics, the different price mm-hmm. ranges, what they'll do, what they won't do. And, you know, we will help you find what will work for you, uh, right. you know, and something that, that's within your budget. So I don't just go out there and say, well, I guess I need to go buy something because I know it's very confusing and there is no reason for you to take off down that road not yeah. really knowing. Good point. Good point. So also, uh, next week, Jason, we're going to be reviewing the Pulsar Digisite. Uh, which one? The ND? It's the, it's, no, it's the N450, N450, which is the new model, the N450 and the 455. A lot of people have been asking for this review. Uh, Hans and I both have our hands on one right now. Mm-hmm. We've been using them. I've been using it every night, getting a bunch of hog video with it. And uh, we're going to be talking about that. So, yeah, we'll be doing a, a full review on that scope, we'll be, hopefully next week. We'll be doing a full review on that. And then sometime after that on down the road, we'll be doing – we'll be comparing that 
uh, versus the Wraith. So I know there's mm-hmm. we're kind of switching up, doing a little night vision talk here coming up soon. Uh, folks, if you haven't uh, gone and checked me out on, on uh, Instagram, you can find me at Hans ETX. You can also find me on YouTube at Hans ETX. Been hunting a lot with the Pulsar Thermion XP50 recently. Got a lot of videos of the reviews up uh, right now and a bunch of hog killing videos. Dropped a big hog. Jason, I know I just put up on Instagram a big hog last weekend that I called in. Uh, and we need to do another talk about this soon, but that convergent collar, um, man, I've called in a bunch of hogs with that thing, called in a big one last, uh, this past weekend. And so that thing's been working well, been liking it a lot, but thanks for tuning in. And again, this has been episode 72 of the late night vision show. New episodes drop every Thursday morning. We'll see y'all next week. Stay safe in the fields. Good luck on all those deer hunters that are getting ready for the deer season. I hope to see some good pictures of of some big bucks with some thermal next to it. So y'all take care. See you next week. Keep making them bacon pancakes.